Hey guys, welcome to Parks and Rec episode number six. I'm Chris. I'm Yanni. And guys, it's officially Halloween season. We're in September. <laughs> and more so now than ever, it's feeling like autumn in Orlando. Temperature's gone down maybe like three degrees. It's 97 instead of 98. It helps. Um, but on the flip side, too, we're also getting Halloween Horror Nights officially, finally. Um, something I've been looking forward to for the last 11 months of the year. Um, I absolutely love Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights. And you heard us talk a lot about it in episode number four of the podcast. And if you haven't listened to that one yet, hey... Go back, check that one out, because we're going to be picking up on a lot of threads that we laid down from that episode in this one today. Because what are we going to be talking about? Scare Zone! Scare Zone. So we decided to devote a whole episode just to Scare Zones, because they're their own kind of thing. Like, whether you choose to go through any of the houses or eat any of the foods, which, spoilers for what we'll probably be talking about for the next two episodes, um... No matter what you do, you're going to be subjected to at least one of the scare zones, whether you like it or not. And I think that's ultimately what sets the tone for Halloween Horror Nights. Like, you can walk in, and if you've paid for your ticket, I don't know why you're not doing the houses or engaging in any other activities, but you're going to be going through scare zones. No, I think I know. I think I know. Because you want to ride Transformers for a five-minute wait. There are a couple of rides that are open, and... It's not something we've taken advantage of during Halloween Horror Nights, but if you so choose, if you're spending that like $80 to get into the park after it closes from like 6 p.m. until 2 a.m., uh, you can go on Transformers the Ride, Rip Ride Rocket, uh, Gringotts, Revenge of the Mummy, and I think... Men in Black? Men in Black, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because okay, that, that was the other one I was going to say, because Simpsons is definitely close. So you've got like five rides you can go through, no shows, but everything else, it's all Halloween Horror Nights, Houses, and Scare Zones. So we're going to kind of give you a little bit of a rundown of the five Scare Zones that they have this year. Again, if you listen to episode number four, you would have heard us talk about these, but now we're going to give you a little bit more details because we've actually had the chance to go through through the scare zones we have our frequent fear passes we got to go opening night and the second night did not go sunday uh we're a little too old to do it or doing it three times in a row i was tired you're younger than me so that (laughs) means something but it's a lot because we were literally in the parks until closing like not until they started forcing people out but we were there until like after 1 30 when it's like Oh, we could get in line and do something else, but also, it's like one forty in the morning. We might as well go home and go to bed, <laughs> especially Saturday night because we both had to work on Sunday. So we're gonna go kind of clockwise, starting with as soon as you walk into the park. The horrors of Halloween. <laughs> All right, so. The Pumpkin Lord has become even more powerful due to all the powers he has gained from the previous year. He used his power to take over the Scare Zone and spread his vines and pumpkins everywhere. He sat in the zone and interacted with guests as they walked by. He will summon creatures from the other Scare Zones that year into the Scare Zone, including Scarecrows and Witches. So this Scare Zone is a 
kind of direct sequel to last year, uh, HHN 30s, Wicked Growth, Realm of the Pumpkin, uh, Haunted House, where the whole house led up to a bunch of, like, witches summoning the Pumpkin Lord, who's, like, kind of like the god of Halloween, and at the end of the house, they did it. They summoned him. And now you're getting, like, the sequel to that, where he's spreading Halloween throughout the world, and you, as a visitor and goer of Halloween Horror Nights, are now one of his, like, chosen spreading Halloween. Uh, so this is the first scare zone that you walk in. This is down like the main drag of Halloween Horror Nights where uh, Minions and Shrek used to be. Plaza of the Stars. Plaza of the Stars. It's in the lead up to where you would go to see Jimmy Fallon race through New York if that was something you wanted to do. But this is very much like it was last year. And again, I've only had like one solid year of going to Halloween Horror Nights. But this is just kind of like that entry scare zone where it's like, setting the mood couple like cool quick photo ops but like it's not as detailed as some of the other ones that you will go through and talk about later it's kind of like a um a one hit from each of the scare zones so you're seeing like a witch a singular scarecrow uh one of the scare actors from graveyard mm-hmm and I believe, like, just one trick-or-treater? Um, I think we've had, like, maybe one or two trick-or-treaters from Sweet Revenge. But uh, I think the biggest draw for the scare zone is... The Pumpkin Lord himself? The Pumpkin Lord himself. And then also the Little Boo. Little Boo! Uh, Little Boo is a molded jack-o'-lantern pumpkin that kind of came to notoriety last year at the Wicked Growth. Uh, realm of the pumpkin house and it's just a super cute jack-o'-lantern pumpkin he's got like big sad looking eyes and kind of like a small like sad mouth and everyone like kind of honed in on this little jack-o'-lantern and was like and someone was like eh, it's little boo and little boo became a phenomenon and this year little boo is everywhere little boo is everywhere and if you're looking for little boo in the scare zone when you're actually walking underneath the canopy that has all the jack-o'-lanterns smack dab in the middle over your head like the star he is is Lil Boo like looking down at you telling you to enjoy your Halloween he looks very concerned the entire time that's just that's just the way he's carved but ultimately like the biggest draw for this is the pumpkin lord who is like a runaway favorite from last year's house and even like when we went on Halloween last year to Realm of the Pumpkin because that was one of the houses we were like oh we have to do this house again and again like our final walkthrough of that house like when we got to the Pumpkin Lord he acknowledged us he acknowledged us because we were collectively losing our S in front of him (laughs) Um, and that's the kind of mind frame you have to go into the scare zone with but the next one that we're going to head into is something that I don't want to spoil, but it might be one of my favorites when you do our ranking. Uh, This is Sweet Revenge, and this is going to be to the right as you're walking through the New York section of the park. This is in front of where they have the tribute store, um, kind of heading past where the Mummy Returns roller coaster is. Uh, Do you want to read the official universal description for this one? Uh, 
the sweets from Major Sweets com Candy Company have turned children into crazed killer. This Halloween's all trick, no treat, and total mayhem. Do you want to read the other one too? Or? Uh, no, you don't have to because like that that's basically what it is. You are going to a town Halloween parade um, in the 1950s, but it just so happens that Major Sweets Candy Company, the town kind of like... I'm trying. Like, it's the, Sweetums. It's Sweetums. I was trying to think of a way to make like a Parks and Rec, but like it's basically the company that owns the town has put out candy that's turning kids into vicious murderers, and they're aware of this because they've parked like vehicles on the streets loaded up with like axes, knives, machetes for the trick or treaters to go wreak havoc through the streets. So as you're walking around, you're going to see, you know, just regular townsfolk begging for help you're gonna see trick-or-treaters with like knives like covered in blood running up to you like shaking their bags yelling trick-or-treat at you and you will see major sweets himself who is one creepy <laughs> major sweets is super gross and then in my minor research for this uh you also see miss treats who is the the cat lady the woman, no, that's like the woman with like the beehive hairdo that's pink. She's got like the cat eye glasses really? and that's the dress. Her. That's oh. yeah, that's Miss Streets. Um, I absolutely love the scare zone because it's that kind of fun and spookiness of Halloween, like mashed together. And the production value on it is fantastic. Like it's definitely a step up from Horrors of Halloween because you're literally walking through the New York streets. But it is the street set up for a Halloween festival. So there's, like, booths. There's parade floats that have just been, like, haphazardly left in the middle of the streets. Uh, periodically throughout the night, they have, like, a like a ceremony where, like, the mayor's supposed to be giving the key to the city to Major Suites. But then, like, Major Suites gives the uh, mayor's son, like, a candy bar. And the mayor's son goes crazy and starts killing people. It's fantastic. Like, it, it's everything that you would want in a scare zone. And a lot of... Oh, now we're going through uh, the list of scare actors. Oh, that's a lot. There's a lot of scare actors in here. And the detailing on, like, a lot of these scare actors is absolutely fantastic and super creepy. Um, I have to say my overall favorite scare actor walking through the streets is a little kid... Uh, dressed as a robot because it's straight up like cardboard aluminum foil robot costume and he's like robot marching up and down the streets but like the eyes are falling off the costume it it's fantastic so um a lot of these trick-or-treaters are actually recycled from the trick-or-treat um scare zone in house nice so that robot was part of them um the little kid that gets pulled on the little cart. Yeah, so he... one one of the scare actors is, like, a kid dressed up, like, with their, like, cheap Halloween-looking mask on. But behind them, they have, like, a radio flyer wagon that has, like, another kid inside of it that's, like, throwing up chocolate. <laughs> Directly from Trick or Treat as well. Uh, it's It's a lot of fun, and I think definitely... A front runner, hint hint, for uh, favorite scare zone. It is super good of the year. Um, but as you continue on through Universal Studios, once you get to the San Francisco 
section of the park. That's where you're going to meet your next scare zone, which is actually called Conjure the Dark. Dun, dun, dun. Very atmospheric. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. uh, Go ahead. Check out the description for that one. On the first All Hallows Eve, an evil sorceress called the Monstrosities from the Dark Dimensions. Now your blood will feel them. Um, this scare zone, the theming for it is absolutely fantastic. The creature design is amazing. But there's just kind of something lacking from it. Um, I actually liked last year's The Crypt TV Zone a little bit more. And that one was very much set up just to be like photo ops with a lot of the different Crypt TV creations. And Crypt TV is kind of like a YouTube anthology series where... They're just like short, like three to five minute horror movies that you can just sit down and watch. Um, this is one of the ones I was actually most looking forward to, just based on our initial like walkthroughs when they were getting everything set up. Mm-hmm. And the description here makes it sound great, but actually going through the scare zone, it doesn't fulfill that promise for me. I'm so glad you brought up Crypt TV. Um, because that's kind of the reason why this one falls kind of flat for me. Um, do you remember the first, like, stage scene from Crit TV in the bathroom? Yeah. Where the scare actor is... He's, like, pantomiming, like, killing someone and, like, ripping their head off. Yes. Like, presenting it to you, the audience. Um, and that was, like, a really short... I think that monster's called the Luxie because we actually watched like a bunch of these after Halloween Horror Nights was over, and I want to say that was the Luxie. Like, not one hundred percent sure. But. There, there were two of them that's kind of switched off, but one of them was definitely the Luxie. Um, but that was like a two minute thing where everyone was kind of like just staring at this guy, like really going in and like really pantomiming, like killing someone. And in Conjure the Dark, there is like a little stage set up. Where you have, like, the main sorceress, like, full and calling forth, like, all of her minions and telling them to, like, drink the blood of something. I'm still not 100% sure where they got the blood because there it's is... It's in the cauldron, <laughs> but they don't, they don't talk about where it came from too much. There is, like, nothing. Like, she's just talking and she's very, very much, like, she's giving it her all and she's, like, swaying and using, like, her voice and everything. But there's nothing there. She's just kind of telling you to drink something, and no, none of the scare actors actually have anything to drink, so they're just kind of, like, pulling up cups around their necks. They're like, oh, yes, I have a cup. Let's drink from this cup. And it's just like, oh, okay. It's very much like a show, but it feels like a show. <laughs> the... The production value of what they put in is fantastic. Like, they built this whole stage. There's, like, flame effects that shoot off of it. It looks really good, but I don't think there's enough meat there to support, like, the work that, like, they put into the production of it to to sell it. And one of the things that we first walked, when we were walking through it, like, that first night, I was like, oh, this sounds like the Rob Zombie scare zone from 2019 because it's very like metal music which at that time didn't sink into the actual theming for me i was just like i heard the music i was like oh there's like a weird disconnect with like the witches that they have 
to the soundtrack. But now and one of them has a nose ring, so technically. Well, I mean, technically, but now now that I'm seeing this is actually based off of the first All Hallows Eve, like I kind of get it because the music is kind of Celtic metal. Like there's strings behind, like your double bass and like trudgy guitars. So now it makes a little bit more sense to me with the soundtrack. And next time we do walk through it, I will be paying a little bit more attention to the scare zone. But I think this is spoilers again for when we do our rankings, but there's just such a disconnect between the attention to detail and how fantastic the props and that stage set are for what the, like, the story is. I'm like reading a little ahead. Um, and I'm just reading like pulling beans from other planets from portals in order to create the holiday. I think those, the portals might be the, they're called like the boo holes. Mm-hmm. Like the little stage sets where you have the characters jump out of. I think those might be like the quote unquote portals. Well, makes sense, yeah. Um, but they're the alpha, the betas, and the trolls. It's just like being on the internet. You got your alphas, you got <laughs> your betas, betas you and got you got your trolls. trolls. But, but, but I like. I also enjoy like the last little sentence. Fire was also involved in the process. Just like a, yeah, there you go. But as you continue around, um, eventually you're going to wind up passing through Springfield, USA. And Springfield, USA is going to be where you're most likely to find the next quote-unquote scare zone, which isn't really a scare zone at all because there is a gang of meandering and marauding chainsaw trick-or-treaters. That the trick-or-treaters in a quotation mark. They're wearing a lot of flannel shirts. Some of them have hats. Some of them have masks. But it's your typical Halloween Horror Nights, people running around with chainsaws, jumping out from behind stuff to try to scare you. Um, They are wandering, so you might see them anywhere. But I feel like most of the time that we've actually ran into them was in that uh, Universal... Sorry, Universal. I was going to say Springfield. (laughs) Yes, yes, we we are in Universal. Good job. I'm drinking as we do this, because that's how we podcast. Check us out. Bang and board. That's what we do. Dad's um, called a shameless plug. Yeah, I have no shame. <laughs> um, we After you talked about it, like, yes, we have seen them kind of in a couple other places, but I really feel like they're put into Springfield a little bit more, just kind of as like a stopgap, because there's a lot of park to cover from Conjure the Dark to where we run into our next one. And I feel like they're kind of just there to keep the festivities alive. You have anything to say? Or are you just looking at a cat? <laughs> he dug his jaws and he just tried not to scream. <laughs> We're talking about Halloween Hornets. You can scream. It's theming. Oh, it's theming. To, to lose is living the horror nights while we record. He's a fantastic cat. Alright, so getting into Central Park, we have our next scare zone, which is Scarecrow, Curd Soil. Yeah, and this is actually themed after a house from a few years ago with uh, Halloween Horror Nights 27. Scarecrow, the reaping. The reaping. Um, But we're going through an abandoned farm where scarecrows have arisen from the crust of the earth to hunt and seek revenge. They'll harvest your screams. Um, and that's exactly what it is. Like, you're going through a farm-themed scare zone. So there's 
bales of hay, there's a barn, there's an old beat up rusted pickup truck, there's an outhouse. And there's corn. There's corn. Um, and then you're going to see scarecrows bursting forth from said set pieces uh, to, you know, proliferate their horror. This is the darkest of all the scare zones. It's the darkest and the foggiest. Like, there is literally no light in this <laughs> It doesn't zone. matter where you're walking through. There's going to be a fog machine in front of you, too. And it's constantly going to go off. And then you're just going to have to pause to be like... I don't want to walk in front of the person in front of me, or I don't want to walk into a scare actor, which, you know, is just some kid trying to make a living. Like, they're doing this as a as a profession. It's very difficult to walk through the scare zone because this is kind of one of the main paths through Universal Studios. Like, this is the Central Park area, so this is right on that pathway that's kind of leading you through to where E.T., Animal Actors, Unleashed, and Springfield, USA is. like It's that small pathway. So I want to say this is probably like the shortest of the scare zone. It's short and it's very, very small. Like it feels yeah. very claustrophobic. And I think that's, it's kind of the most bang for your buck of the scare zones too, I would say, because since it is just that like short stretch of pavement, they really put a lot into here just with the set pieces and the scare actors. And there's not that many, and they they do constantly pop out. They do work. They do. <laughs> um, shout out to the dude that pops out of the uh, outhouse with an ear of corn, though, because every time I see him, I just have to go to that little kid that's like, it's corn. <laughs> He's actually the scariest one for me. Yanni hates corn. If, I, I really do. <laughs> she does not like corn. If there's corn in anything, she will not eat it. And it makes eating, like... Basic mi- things? <laughs> doesn't basic things is difficult because, like, we'll look at something <laughs> on the menu and be like, oh, that sounds good. And it's like, nope. Comes with street corn. <laughs> Can't have it. Cornbread? Maybe. But if there's pieces of corn in it, nope. Not going to do it. Why would you put actual pieces of corn into cornbread. What kind of monster does that? The scarecrows from <laughs> cursed soil, obviously. That's how you know you're living the Horror Nights. But then that's going to lead us into our final scare zone of the evening. And honestly, depending on how you travel around the parks, this could be the second one that you actually experience. Because this is Graveyard Deadly, Deadly Unrest. unrest. Uh, this one, on All Hallows' Eve, a dark storm descends upon a cemetery and awakens long-dead spirits. No one living can escape them. Dun, dun, dun. It doesn't say that in the description. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. Okay. Let, me, let me write that down. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. She pointed at the screen and said, dun, dun, dun. So I guess it's, you could just, this is a Wikipedia. <laughs> you could literally just go on and edit it. Um, this one... I think is the scare zone that we actually put up the most pictures of over on our Instagram, uh, Parked and Wrecked, if you want to check them out. It's a beautiful scare zone. it's set up as a, as a cemetery. But as we got closer and closer to Halloween Horror Nights, more and more props started appearing from statues to like overgrown ivy and plants on like the, like the mausoleums that were there. And now going through the actual scare zone itself you have ghosts you have zombies you have brother death and brother sleep yeah death and sleep are there like lording over the cemetery um 
there's a lot of sound effects for like thunder. They have great lightning effects, which is kind of concerning when you're walking through a scare zone at night and you're in Florida, so there is a lot of rain and it's the lightning strike capital of the world. So yeah, that could be real <laughs> lightning. Uh, ultimately, I think this is an absolutely fantastic scare zone though. And it might suffer a little bit from being in an area that's so spread out that there's a lot of like room around and behind like some of those set pieces and props so you might not get the full effect if you're kind of like hugging the actual buildings but if you're walking down that main drag like it's absolutely fantastic it this one uh no no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers um but this one does take um camouflage very seriously um there's a couple scare actors that are basically dressed head to toe in like stone facades and they will just like blend into the mausoleums and set pieces and then just jump out when you're least expecting and that is one of my favorite effects in all of um halloween horror nights when they're camouflaged and then you don't see them coming and then they're there. So is that one of your favorite effects from the Weekend House? It is. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers for like next episode or two episodes from now because there's a great jump out scare actor in the Weekend After Hours Nightmare House that I'm I know we are going to talk about. <laughs> but okay. So I wrote down a list, and you said you didn't need to because you have your houses ready to go. So. Or not houses. Your scare zones ready to go because what would a podcast be if we didn't rate anything? So, what is your least favorite of the scare zone? So, we're going to do, like, the five that we have least mm-hmm. to to best. I, I hate to say it because I was really excited for this one, but Conjure the Dark is my least favorite of all the scare zones. See, for me, I put my number five as Scarecrow Cursed Soil because mm-hmm. I think it's well done. But for me, like, the story's not completely there because... It, it's creepy scarecrows haunting you on a farm, which I, could, like, the detail's fantastic, but I'm not buying into it. I do wish I had done the house uh, when it was there, because I feel like all the hints are there that this would have been, like, a really scary house, and I would have been terrified out of my mind going through this, like, abandoned little barn in the middle of nowhere and the scarecrows are alive. I feel like I missed my shot. So what's your number four? Scarecrow. Three okay. Because <laughs> my number four is Conjure the Dark. Yeah. Um, and again, like, I think that what drove this to number four for me is the fact that the details were so good in those set pieces and the costumes. Like, the monster designs are fantastic. And I think it's a fun idea for a story. And... I will fault it for its execution, but its execution is what kept it from being a little bit higher. Because I think when we did our like most excited for like Contra the Dark was one of the ones that was higher up on the list mm-hmm. for me because going through those props and set pieces during the day, I was like, oh my gosh, like like random like deer skins, like horns, skulls everywhere, like knives, <laughs> like this is gonna be dope and. It kind of just... It's it's almost there. and It's like, funny that you mentioned like, um, going through, seeing all the props before. 
Because you remember what Scarecrow looked like, like a week before? Yeah, it was metal frames with nothing on it. There was absolutely nothing there. So that was just kind of like, the fact that they were able to create a whole set in like a week is very impressive. Universal knows what they're doing when it comes to Halloween. And we've both taken surveys after our first visit on our thoughts on Halloween Horror Nights. And one of the things that I had in my survey was like, what houses and what scare zones we went to. And... If they're able to kind of turn up that dial a little bit and conjure the dark, this could easily crack my, like, top three. It's not going to take a lot for this one to become, like, a holy crap, like, and I don't know if it's going to happen or if they're waiting to, like, ramp things up as we get closer to Halloween. Because, again, this was just based off of the first, the first two, two days. days. Yeah. Um, I think they will take um, some consideration in. Do you remember um, Search and Destroy? I do. Or Seek and Destroy? Seek and Destroy. Yeah. That one was very much like there was no scare actors in a giant like giant stretch of land. Where, where Sweet Revenge is this year. And by the end, there were scare actors like everywhere. And they were really trying their best to just be like, hey, look at me. I want to take you to what was it? The creator, the, the controller, the controller. Thank you. <laughs> they all they all blend together in one point. <laughs> We're gonna take you to that so you can become one of us, one of us, one of us. So, what's gonna be your number three then? Horrors of Halloween. Same. And that is ninety nine point ninety nine percent just because of the pumpkin lord. Yeah, pumpkin lord appearing in your thing will now get you a lot of faith for me even though there's not a lot more to the scare zone like as soon as we walked in getting to see the pumpkin lord there like right after the opening of the gates like it got me excited for for our horror nights experience and even after repeat walkthroughs of that area even going back the second day you see the pumpkin lord out you're like it's a pumpkin lord like he's there and he accepts praise, so, you know. You gotta. Um, but this is what it comes down to. You're number two. My number two is Sweet Revenge. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you. Camouflage wins every time, baby. <laughs> no, that's okay. Because um, Graveyard Deadly Unrest is actually my number two. Because I think it is beautiful and so well done. And the costume design is fantastic. And one of the kind of issues we had with it was like the ghost costumes it's just very bright white sheets and then they have like blacked out faces but our second day going through it like one of them actually had like a face that kind of like illuminated quick underneath yeah. it. and i was like oh i like that we didn't see that last time awesome i really enjoy the movement of the ghosts themselves um you pointed it out the second night but there was a ghost actress that moved like nell from The Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. where she just kind of, like, sways and dances, and I love that. She looks like a real ghost. Oh, chills. Chills. So, sorry, when you say ghost, you have to go, ghost <laughs> um, No, because I'm not Scooby-Doo. <laughs> but my number one is actually going to be Sweet Revenge, because I love that juxtaposition of that small-town Halloween festival with crazy kids going bonkers off of candy and murdering people. Um, where Seek and Destroy was my least favorite from last year, now Sweet Revenge in the exact same area is my favorite because it's just, 
it's everything you love about Halloween wrapped up together. And it does it in such a good job. And I'm surprised this isn't your favorite because all of the townspeople are wearing like 1950s fashion. So they're like <laughs> fun, like frocks and like cardigans with like berets, which is completely your fashion every, style. Every single time I see them, I'm like, I like her dress. I like her dress. I like her dress. Right before she goes, help me! <laughs> uh, but I I do think out of all the scare zones that we have, the, the complaints I have like don't detract from any of them. I think they're all really good still. And if they're able to zhuzh up any of it, it's going to be a completely solid year, which is kind of some of the stuff I have to say when we actually talk about the houses. Even we, the we least have, favorite ones. We have one still... more house to do still, but even like my least favorite houses, I'm just like, no, it's good. Like it's. Yeah, um, honestly. Another thing to mention too, uh, going through the scare zones is where you're going to find all of your food and beverage tents, which we'll be talking about maybe next episode, maybe two episodes from now. Cause there's a lot to eat and drink. But also one of the things that I love is this year for the Halloween Horror Nights soundtrack, it's a lot more psychobilly <laughs> uh, themed and related. So it's if you want to prepare yourself, it's going to be bands like Reverend Horton Heat, The Horror Pops, Necromantics, Tiger Army. So stuff within that vein, which I think is a lot more fun than what they had last year where it was all very like industrial like genty metal stuff which i love but walking up to the gates and then hearing like reverend horton heat be like it's a psycho billy freak out it's like it gets you like amped up and like there's a sense of fun to this year's horror nights that i think lends itself to the houses and the scare zones which and also I the love. theme. Every day is Halloween. Every day is Halloween. Guys, we didn't talk about it. This is the 31st year of Halloween Horror Nights, so they're leaning hard into that 31 like theme where you're going to see like hidden 31s throughout all of the houses. Like All the merchandise has a 31 on it because, again, 31st year, October 31st. It's go time. Yeah. And we're talking about this so early because it's only like the beginning of September, so we've still got... like almost two, two months, months of this yeah. and again we've got freaking uh freaking fear passes we're gonna keep going back so you're gonna hear more about this hopefully we got you excited to talk about horror halloween horror nights i was gonna say horror halloween nights. <laughs> i'm excited we're having fish and chips for dinner you probably heard the air fryer go off and man it smells great and i mean i'm excited to eat that <laughs> Wrap us up. Uh, wrap us up. Wrap us up. Oh, wrap us uh, up. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Go. Boom. Go. Boom. Check us out. <laughs> Parks uh, and Rec. Rate and review us. Suggest us to your friends. Email us over at baggingboardcast at gmail.com. That's right. We're sharing an email address with my other podcast, Bagging Board, where I talk about comic books, craft beer, and other pop culture stuff with my best friends, John and Paul. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. But you know what? It's easier just to have one address for everything. 